Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Han. And together we are the Honest Mummies. We started this podcast as a way of connecting with other mums to let them know that they're not alone in the lifelong learning journey that is known as motherhood. I'm a pre and postnatal personal trainer and Nick's a registered dietitian. And although this podcast series isn't focused on nutrition and fitness, you can find more information about both of these topics in our ebooks, The Strong Mama Guide and The Mummy Nutrition Guide. And you can get 10% off using the code The Honest Mummies. We really hope you enjoy listening to our honest and open accounts of our experiences. And don't forget to tag us on social media at The Honest Mummies. Series two of the Honest Mummies podcast is kindly sponsored by Sprout, the first ever discount club for pregnancy and parenthood. Born out of the reality of just how expensive having a baby can be, Sprout is here to help you save at what we know to be a truly expensive time. Sprout has partnered with over 90 amazing brands for you and your little ones that Hannah and I both love, giving members repeat discounts to help them save. So whether you're pregnant, your partner is pregnant, you're adopting, have little sprouts or older ones, membership is open to all parents and parents-to-be and you can now buy a premium membership for a friend to help them to save too. It even comes with a free gift box, making it a perfect present. To get £5 off your Sprout Lifetime Premium Membership, use the code THEHONESTMUMMIES at checkout. Hey guys and welcome back to series two episode four of the Honest Mummies podcast on weaning tips and feeding toddlers. Yes I'm looking forward yet again to this one Hannah and I'm going to have both my new mum as well as dietitian hat on today but first up how are you? Yes I'm well my eldest one is at preschool this morning and I am sat on the sofa still which I love these podcast recordings because it's just like we have our catch-up we get to catch up with our listeners how about you you okay how's bump? Yes fine I'm like 33 and a bit weeks now and I'm sat on my birth ball which you said Hannah that this took you back to series one didn't it? I know I remember being really heavily pregnant sat on the birth ball sweating because it was so warm and my pelvis was in agony and now I looked at you before on the video and was like oh my gosh flashback here you are series two on your birth ball I'm pleased that your hips are higher than your knees as well now Yes, although I did just get off the ball and I felt like my pelvis was about to crumble. But that's for another episode. Um, Can I ask, Hannah, obviously you've weaned two little girls now. What age did you wean your little ones and how did you do it? Because obviously there's two camps that mummies like to be divided up into, but... I'll, I'll come on to my view on that later. Yeah, so we have only just started with baby two. She's been weaning for a few weeks now. Like with baby one, I have done baby led weaning both times. Now I do try to vary the textures as well sometimes, but for the start of it, I've done steamed vegetables. I tried to stick to the green ones to begin with, like broccoli, green beans, other ones like cruciferous ones like cauliflower, and then like things like carrots. But that's just how I started. I suppose I have gone off my babies though. So if they didn't take to that, then I would have had to adapt that, but they did for the start. So that's really been positive. But I was saying to you at the start, like I, I think the thing is with baby led weaning, I remember the first time round being like sat on the edge of my chair. She put the first like stick of vegetable, always steamed by the way, into, the, into her mouth. And I was like, oh my goodness. But the second time I've been far more relaxed about it, far more trusting 
stressful but I think you've got to do what like you do you with all things parenting I know like we'll come on to your journey with H as well I think uh, we haven't gone through all the allergy foods yet so we've only done egg mm-hmm. so far uh, I've got to do peanut butter next with my second but how about you how did you start off yeah so I admire all mums including you who goes like straight for finger food so we did almost like quite a traditional in that week one it was basically all purees so kind of like steaming the food puring it down with a bit of breast milk and then slightly chunky for week two alongside some soft finger foods and I went back over my Instagram so we started just tastes once a day so like it was broccoli on Monday then spinach avocado cauliflower carrot courgette sweet potato and then I was actually surprised that when I when I look back we actually offered bolognese um in week two so yeah we introduced kind of like the meats and things like like lentils quite early on and I think we got up to like three tastes slash three meals a day by around seven months and I think we just started I think it was like first thing in the morning just because that was quite easy I think some people start with lunch like there is no right and wrong I think the main thing is whatever feels right for you and we started one week before Henry turned six months old for baby two though I'm going to do it a little bit differently because you mentioned allergies and because Henry, so he had eczema and he's allergic to um, dairy, egg, peanut, soya, blah, 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 blah. There is actually research to show that if you introduce, and obviously don't do this without speaking to a healthcare professional, like a registered dietitian or a doctor first, but if you introduce things like peanut and egg around four months old, if you're in a higher risk category, i.e. eczema, infantile eczema or first degree relative has got those allergies then you might help to reduce the risk of them being allergic so I'll be giving baby two peanut and egg at four months old which feels very alien Fascinating. so does that not just a question on that and I'm not sure if, if you even have the answer just yet Nick but does that count as if the mother was breastfeeding and it crossed over some of the taste does that not is that not the same then you think so wouldn't it so I mean I'm assuming that I did have peanuts and eggs in my breast milk so Henry would have been exposed but so when we gave him peanut oh my god top tip make sure that you're dressed um, before you give an allergenic food. And the advice is to give, you can give new foods every single day, but when it comes to the allergens like egg, peanut, fish, soya, just give them around three days apart just so if you can tell an allergy. But I gave it on a morning, dressed in my dressing gown, gave him the tiniest amount of peanut butter mixed with milk, turned my back and thought, oh, great, he's fine. Literally two minutes later, he started scratching his throat and it bled. He had this rash going all the way up his face. I was just like, oh my God. So we had to dial 999 and we did actually have some Pyroton in. We bought it over the counter, but we should have really got it prescribed. And we gave the Pyroton in the ambulance and it brought it right down. Um, it must have been so distressing. Oh my God, yeah, it was, it was awful. I mean, we now carry an EpiPen. We don't know if he's anaphylactic, but just to make sure we followed so charlotte sterling reed sr nutrition she set up like a foodie a foodie fact sheets and i use them but now charlotte's got a book out and it tells you what to give when so i'm just basically going to follow that for baby too but regarding foods did you start with like the vegetables then the fruit then like things like potatoes meat fish or did you just do anything and everything well we haven't reached 
we haven't gone through all of those yet because she's not actually seven months yet. So um, we've been on vegetables. Since I've moved off vegetables, we've, we've had things like banana, steamed apple, steamed pear, then eggs. This morning was the first time I've actually done porridge. That's the first time I've done something on a spoon. Um, mm. And with anything spoon-like fed then I will um do loaded spoons so I'll load the spoon with the porridge it actually turned out unintentionally turned out quite well because it was a bit more like gloopy because I let it cool down but it mm-hmm. worked better in hindsight because it stuck to the spoon a bit better and then she just picked up the spoon and put it in her mouth like she does with a toothbrush and kind of like was sucking on the spoon so um she got the taste that way but I will then load another one. Sometimes I'll use two spoons. So sometimes we don't want to let go. So then if one's already preloaded again, then they'll let go of that one to get the other one that's got porridge on type thing. So I usually use two spoons when I'm doing things like that. But it gets messy. I think that's the thing about weaning, isn't it, with any baby? I mean, having like a piece of, if you've got carpeted floor, put a piece of like plastic down on the floor or you can get bought weaning mats or whatever you can you can do. My dog comes in very handy as well, but <laughs> watch out for things that dogs aren't allowed to eat. But yeah, she's quite good with the clearing up, which is, uh, I'm lucky about that one. That's funny. I have heard that. And I think like those like all in one bibs are quite good. I think when I was first weaning Henry, I was a bit lazy and I'd sometimes just put him in the high chair, you know, with his sleep suit on. And yeah, they got very stained. So I won't be doing that for baby two. I will be using either a normal bib or a full length bib. Um, (laughs) You say, you say, I feel like you have such good intentions, but this second time round, I've been like so much more relaxed. Like for instance, she's also had like toast with avocado on. Um, And some of it is going down. You don't, you never know until you see their output in the nappy, do you? Like, and that was a bit of a mum conversation because no one else would want to talk about nappies, but we have seeded bread which the seeds are actually really small which is fine but you can tell some of it's going down the hatch put it that way wow so I mean Hannah she's already had like seeds wheat eggs which are all of the allergenic food so like I think you're doing really well yeah we've had chicken last night that was the first time um she's had any meat I haven't done fish yet but yeah I'm probably gonna do salmon next actually because my toddler likes that too That sounds lovely. Yeah. And I was just thinking about the finger foods that I offered. So if you're a little bit more of a nervous parent like me, one of my top tips when I got a banana, you use your thumb to like split it down the middle. Oh yes. That is so good. isn't it? I think I remember seeing Joe do that first. Who? Body coach. Ah, was it? He got it from another big account and I can't for the life of me. It might've been like what mummy makes or something like that. But yeah, so if you push your thumb down the middle, it splits into thirds and it makes it really easy to grip instead of chopping it, which makes it slimy. I gave skinless yeah. cucumber, like melon, like melty puffs, which you can dip in things like hummus, which are good. And then just like you, um, toast and like steamed carrots, anything that would make me feel almost like safe to give. But you've got a tip actually, Hannah, haven't you? Yeah, you? so I was talking to you about carrots, wasn't I? And everything we do is steamed. However, we had one occasion and I have heard this happen to other parents. And I'm not going to say this to scare people because I am I think that baby led weaning, when done right and for the right baby and the right parent is really, really good. And we do it ourselves. Mm. However, after feeding now, I will actually wash my hands and with a clean little finger, just check through a mouth if I'm concerned or if something like we've done a carrot because there has been an occasion where it actually got wedged in the top of like the roof of her mouth. 
which is obviously not a problem if it's taken out, but if it's left there, that could be very problematic and very dangerous. So at the moment, if it's something like that, then I will like wash my hands and use just check her mouth you don't have to like stick your finger right down there because obviously you don't want it to be traumatic for the, for the child but yeah that's that's something that we are doing at the moment and just looking in her mouth when after she's eaten that's brilliant okay so what about toddlers then nick how's it going with h you mentioned his allergies how's that been since being a baby what's he up to what's his favorite food at the moment Yes. Oh, favorite food. I'd probably say like he loves toast with cashew butter or almond butter, which is such like a 2020 thing. I feel like when I was young, a kid, like we never even had any nut butter, let alone peanut butter. Yeah. So he loves toast. He loves his, if you follow me on Instagram, famous um, fruit and yogurt lollies, just because like they are so easy to give in a morning and actually this morning what what I did was I made up a big batch of smoothie and me my husband and Henry all had some it was frozen berries banana oat milk oat yogurt tiny little bit of honey and we all had some smoothie and then I froze the leftovers into lollies for the next day so and it's quite good like on hot sunny day obviously we buy normal lollies as well like clippers but then if Henry wants a lolly he feels like he's getting a lolly but actually it's just a load of goodness but in general, yeah, he eats well, like he eats things like porridge and um, for breakfast, for lunch, it might be like tuna pasta with peas or sweet corn, vegan mayo in the evening. I mean, he loves like fish fingers, beans and peas, easy meals like that or bolognese or chicken curry. I use a lot of pre-prepared meals just because me and Oliver both work full time and I just don't, I don't have time to like prepare like big batches of things like not at the moment perhaps when I'm on maternity leave maybe but yeah we use Benji's bites which are fab she basically cooks the food in her kitchen and freezes it I do like Annabelle Carmel things like crackers and hummus for a snack he likes he loves fruit so yeah I think in general and like he goes to nursery four days a week and they always say that like he eats really well it's bit like jacket potatoes and things I think a faux pas is he won't eat his meal obviously if you give a snack too close to it so like yesterday I was out and me and my friend, we, we I don't know why, we gave our toddlers a snack at like 11. And guess what? By half 11, when we went to this cafe, he didn't want his baked potato and beans. So I ate it. And yeah, I'm, I'm still really annoyed that he's allergic to things like eggs are so nutritious. Soya, soya beans, soya flour is in loads of food. And this is why like I find it really hard to eat out. So I do take a lot of things that I've made at home, like, like pasta dishes or like little sandwiches made with my dairy-free spread and soya-free bread. But we are giving a corner of a malted milk biscuit like every other well no about once twice a week to try and build up his tolerance to baked milk so that's where we're up to um what about your now three-year-old Hannah how's she getting on yeah so she doesn't have dairy either talking of dairy we I don't know if you found it but in Aldi if you shop at Aldi they do a dairy free spread there and it's like 60 something p it's so much better than like well cheaper than the um other ones we've had which is sometimes like two quid oh, so um do you know what yeah. Hannah? So we, just, we just switched to, to aldi and said to all of us said do the do dairy free spreads and he said no so i'm gonna text him right now like do you know I'll what the name of it is or what color it is I'll, I'll send you a picture they do a light one or a normal obviously we just get the normal one but i'll um, send you a picture it's like a sunflowery type base one thank you 
but yeah so she she basically eats whatever we we eat so porridge is often a hit I was thinking this morning though you know when when I started having porridge with her as a baby and I think it's coming back now because we're like weaning number two is that I used to do like it loaded with like courgette like grated courgette or grated carrot and then this morning I kind of fell out of the habit of doing it as she's got older and this morning I was like oh we could grate the courgette in it and she was a bit like looking at me like why would you do that so it's quite interesting now because I'm gonna I'm gonna make it for baby two and we'll see if we all eat it because I mean I don't mind eating it it's like I wouldn't like, it doesn't bother me. So it'd be funny if she eats it because it's, I feel like I've fallen out of trying to load things. So it actually would probably be boosting her nutrition by me weaning baby two, if that makes sense. Because I think you do think about it more when they're very small. So yeah, so she'll eat that or things for dinner, like whatever we're eating really, chicken curry or anything. I love the slow cooker, so that's my go-to because I can whack it on in the morning and it, it's like someone's cooked dinner for you come the evening. That's always, now we're going into winter, I'm looking forward to doing that again because it's just so, makes life so much easier. But yeah, weaning, feeding toddlers, what's your tips then, Nick? What would your top tips be? Or top essentials, let's say we've covered loads of tips. What, what would you buy for your baby? Yeah, so I mean, I did find it useful to have like an all-in-one that kind of like steamed and blended just because we went down the puree route. But you don't need that if you've got your own steamer and like handheld blender. But I was going to say something that we haven't mentioned is investing in a first aid course so we did one before no actually it was just as Henry was like a little baby but before weaning and I would so well I need to book one in now so do it again just for a reminder of like what to do for babies what to do for toddlers they actually came around to our house because I organized it with our NCT friends so we paid for it I think it was about I don't know, 20 to 40 pounds per couple. I can't remember which, but it was well worth it. I think I would also say that's not about purchases, but like, don't stress. Like you don't have to be in either camp purees or camp baby led weaning. You can do a bit of both, which is basically just, you know, purees alongside finger foods or just go with whatever you feel comfortable with. And I think, I mean, a decent high chair, we quite liked a high chair that was, that had its own tray, but that could remain in the kitchen and then you could lower it down to the dining table. So I found that quite useful, but also like the Ikea ones at 15 quid are fine because you can clean them so easily. Would you agree? And maybe a dog, but that's quite a big jump. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say that your like top tips or top baby essentials? Really made me laugh. Yeah, no, I agree. And the IKEA one we have at my mum's, which is actually fantastic. And it's 15 quid, like you say, or if you wanted to make more of an investment, they have ones that grow with them, don't they? Like the, I'm going to maybe say this wrong, but it's something like Stocker or spelt Stoke with an E on the end. Because you can put their feet on. I think it's quite good to have one that they can put their feet on. I've read about like a, a plate for their feet, if that makes sense. But yeah, things like, like you say, the bibs. But when they're so little, the only thing is, is that when I tend to put a bib on her, she like tries to grab the bib off because it's like that plasticky material. So I find mm-hmm. it quite hard at, at first when they're like six, around the six months age to get a bib that's suitable. As they get older, the baby Bjorn one that we use, I still use it with my toddler, which is so good because it catches things. Do you use a bib for H still? Uh, do you know what? No. And I don't know when we stopped using it. But yeah, he doesn't seem to get his clothes like that dirty anymore 
that's that's probably a toddler thing isn't it yeah I didn't really think about that but I do actually still use it when we're at home I think it might be habit though as well but and it just saves on the um saves on a little bit of scrubbing I think it's because Henry wasn't keen on those like rubbery bibs and then yeah trying to put like one of those full things on him now but yeah I used to go through clothes like I don't know what but yeah I don't I don't ever use a bib and he never really seems to get messy other than if he like on purpose knocks over his drink of water and he'll get all wet but no (laughs) no bib is going to stop that from happening Um, no embrace embrace the mess well um no but today's chat's been good and and I'll keep you updated as well as uh, as we progress I think the next thing I need to do is peanut butter but that's like you say I'm going to do it at breakfast time but I'm actually doing it on a non-preschool day so then if we have to do a dash (laughs) we won't miss that yes or maybe do it when your toddler is at preschool so that you've only got one child to contend with it's tricky though when you're juggling two routines because I sometimes I don't actually get time to do breakfast for baby until we get back from preschool but sometimes I'll do it it depends because I always offer milk first. We haven't we haven't discussed that actually, but I'll always um, offer milk first and try and leave a bit of a gap before the food. Not a massive yeah. one, but otherwise sometimes then they bring it back up. I find so. Yeah, there's a couple of that. trains of thought on that. So I've spoken to one pediatric dietitian who says to not offer milk before so that the baby's hungry. But I think we always did milk on waking, just to almost like quench any overnight hunger like any you know quench their thirst so then when we did do breakfast like you said after a gap or something they're then you know they're not overly hungry they're in a good mood and it's all about exposures although I hate the phrase food before one is just for fun because it's not it's about like it's about skill development it's about getting those iron rich foods in because the iron stores start to deplete after six months so it is complementary obviously alongside milk but it's definitely like not just for fun like it does start god I sound like such a um <laughs> Nick's dietitian hats coming in <laughs> yeah or like a down on it on the entire episode but and one thing I keep forgetting actually and I must try and remember is now she's over six months is to move on from the vitamin d like the sole vitamin d to more of the it's not a multivitamin, so I'm not going to say that because of it, you might remember what vitamins it has a, a, in it. B and D. A, B and D. There you go. That's why that's why Nick knows about this. <laughs> but yeah. I need to remember to give that to both of my children, actually. Yeah, we could drop that in, actually. So all breastfed babies under six months need a vitamin D drop of it's between 8.5 and 10 micrograms, a MCG or UG, unless they're having more than 500 mils of formula because it's in there. And then once they hit that six month mark, they need A, C and D. So we use a brand called Nature and Nurture just because Henry loves it. And we actually give an omega-3 as well because he does have oily fish or like fish fingers that have got added oil it added omega but I gave him salmon the other night and he doesn't eat as much as what I would like so omega-3 wise we've got some liquid omega-3 now but we actually had these like chewable gummies suitable for two-year-olds and he loved those they were really expensive though they're like 18 quid a month which is why I've switched to this one which is like I think a third of the price and he's getting on with it so I'm like fine like 20 pounds a month on top of like actually I think our vitamins are like 10 pounds for three months which is really good like three quid a month yeah we yeah. use the well baby ones which are like given on a spoon and when they were little it was it seemed like it was a bit problematic but because she's always always had it 
like that it's almost like giving it on a medicine spoon like we used to have when we had cowpaw but yes they they seem fine so I'm going to start baby tea on the same one because just keep it in the fridge and I'll try and remember to do it at breakfast time is that is that the black one because um Henry literally had one mouthful of that well baby and like literally refused it I was like great that's five pounds wasted yeah it's a bit like it's like a really dark orangey dark color yeah but she's always had it fine so we'll we'll try and stick with that one you know what Hannah I've actually got some in my drawers so I'm seeing you in a few weeks time so I'll dig it out and you can have my well baby because because I would say that it's all about the taste like ours are sugar-free but I wouldn't mind if my multivitamin for Henry had a tiny little bit of sugar in just to make it more palatable because it's all about like if your kid doesn't like and then doesn't take the multivitamin it can be the healthiest thing on the on the planet but it's useless because you can't get it into them yeah no that's a good tip as well but yeah next week's episode then is going to be interesting one for you as well nick because i've seen that you've got a family toilet seat which you'll be you've done training with henry have you already i'm sure you have well we attempted it but we attempted it a week after he was in hospital with constipation so it wasn't the best we've got Katie from Slumber Tots her guide I went against one of her big tips but I'll explain that next week so we actually start on Saturday so when we record this you've already done potty training I'll have started I've got a live tonight actually all about potty training so yeah next week's episode is so like well timed so yeah potty training and did we say like toddler behavior yeah we'll touch on that as well I always think that's a hot topic for mummies as well um, and I'm looking forward to hearing all about H's potty training it's a great idea you try and do that before baby two as well because then you've only got one round of nappies hopefully yeah so like just think I mean we will be using nappies obviously overnight and for nap time but yeah, definitely can't wait to speak soon, Hannah. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Okay, bye-bye. See you next week, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Honest Mummies podcast. Remember to tag us at the Honest Mummies on Instagram to get involved in the conversation. We really would love to hear from you. And finally, please do subscribe and check out the show notes below for links to our nutrition and fitness ebooks too. See you soon. Series two of the Honest Mummies podcast is kindly sponsored by Sprout, the first ever discount club for pregnancy and parenthood. Born out of the reality of just how expensive having a baby can be, Sprout is here to help you save at what we know to be a truly expensive time. Sprout has partnered with over 90 amazing brands for you and your little ones that Hannah and I both love, giving members repeat discounts to help them save. So whether you're pregnant, your partner is pregnant, you're adopting, have little sprouts or older ones, membership is open to all parents and parents-to-be and you can now buy a premium membership for a friend to help them to save too. It even comes with a free gift box, making it a perfect present. To get £5 off your Sprout Lifetime Premium Membership, use the code THEHONESTMUMMIES at checkout.